Welcome to The Liberating Secret with your host, author and teacher, Sylvia Pierce. The Liberating Secret is dedicated to revealing the mystery of the gospel, which is Christ in you, the only hope of glory. Let's join Sylvia Pierce for today's lesson. Welcome to The Liberating Secret. My name is Sylvia Pierce. So glad to be with you again. I'm doing a chart presentation. The name of it is What is Man? And uh, like I said before, we now have some of our books, some of my books, my book and booklet, The Treasures of, of Darkness, and also a bunch of my books, my little booklets on Kindle on Amazon.com. They're Kindle eBooks. So if you look up Amazon.com in the Kindle section, you will and say my name, Sylvia Pierce. Also, Brian Coatney's books, you might be interested in some of his. He's written some fabulous two books, more than two, but anyway, right now there's just two out, out on Amazon.com, and uh, they are Did You Ever Think of This and Take These Wings, so you might be interested in uh, purchasing those for your Kindle. Okay, uh, doing a chart presentation, like I said, you're, you're, if you would like to get this little chart booklet you can um, look on you can email me at sylvia p at uh, the liberating secret.org and for i think a nominal price i'll be glad to send you one of the copies of these little books i do have to pay for it to be copied so i do kind of and i have to i have to pay to mail it out so i think you know you can pay for that but i'd be glad to send it to you um and we're in chart 24 and I'm, um, before I go to the next chart, I wanted to ask the question, what will break that chain? Why is it that we're still operating from an independent self and that still chain to the outer law of do good? I ought to do good. I should do better. I should improve myself through self-effort. Why? How, well, how, can that, how can that chain be broken? Because it is a bondage. It's a bondage. So... Let's continue on. I'm going to skip the next one, just barely put it up there. It's verse 20. It's um, chart 25, the kingdom of the middle ground. I'm intending to skip that one. And basically, I'm, I'm just saying that you were in Satan and now you are in Christ, but we're living as if we're in a kingdom of a middle ground of striving and trying and failing. And that's what I mean by that. Okay, let's move on to, to chart 26. Now, this, this chart reiterates what we were saying before, so I won't stay on it very long either. It's adding to the gospel in daily living. Uh, see, if it's Christ plus me and my performance, then we've added to the gospel because the gospel began as Christ plus nothing. So it's going to end as Christ plus nothing other than me just receiving because basically all a human being can do is believe or disbelieve. It's either faith or unbelief, you see. And so an unbeliever is one that does not have faith in Christ. He has faith in himself. He's still a believer, but he still has faith in himself. So we have to be weaned off of that faith that we've always had in ourselves and, and to be totally dependent on Christ. Well, that's, pre that's a pretty much of a hard knock. And 
So in this chart, this is what we're describing. The truth is when you've been uh, born again, that Christ is in you and you are in Christ and that's who you are. But we're still operating as if it's a big plus or a big, we've added to the gospel by adding ourselves in the mix and, and what we can do and what we ought to do to, to be good Christians. And um, that's really the basic problem. That This self is an illusion. It's not the truth. This is the truth of who we are. Christ I, or I Christ. Christ in me and me in Christ. And that's in John chapter 14, verse 20. It says, in that day that you will know that the Father is in me and I in you and you in me. So there we are. The two becoming one. That's what oneness is. The two becoming one reality. And Jesus said this. Jesus said, that's how I operated. I and my Father are one. And that's how I operated. And that's how I want you to know how to operate in that oneness. And that's what he's saying in John 17. So let's move on from this, and we know this is a lie, and this is really coming from a satanic source, because Satan himself thinks he's an independent self, and we're going to bring that out in a minute, too. So uh, let's go on to the next chart, which is chart 27. 27, how can we, and I asked the question at the beginning of this program, how can we bring that, break that chain that chains us to the law? Well... You do it through a death. The beginning of Romans 7 says this. When you, had, when you were married to an old husband, which was a satanic husband, you were under his law. And you couldn't do anything except what he said, which was the law of sin and death. Really, basically, you're under his law. Well, the only way for you to be free from that law of sin and death, which is outwardly I have to perform, that the creation should be like God. Basically, we're trying to be like God. We're trying to take God's place. You see, Jesus has come to take our place. And when we're still operating as an independent self, we're trying to take Jesus's place. We're trying to have our own peace. We're trying to manifest our own fruit. We're trying to uh, love when, you see, we're taking Jesus's place. He's the lover. We're just the container that contains him as the lover, you see. So we have to be um, stripped from all that false security that we have in ourselves. And we have to be brought to the bottom of ourselves. And that's really what Romans 7 is. When Paul finally realized he could not have the power in and of his flesh to conquer himself. And, but, he, but he had to come to what the real problem was. The real problem was not his hum humanity. The problem was he thought his humanity had the power to do it in and of itself. It's exactly what the creation, what Satan thinks. Satan thinks that the creation uh, can be as powerful as God and should be. So, you see, that's the fallacy of Romans 7. I always say Romans 7 is the only chapter in the whole Bible that's a lie. People say, wow, you can't say that the Bible is lying. Well, it's not lying about his experience, but he's believing the lie of who he is, which we always have. So he's, he's seeing who he's not. He's not an independent self. Well, how do you see who you're not? Operate in it for a while and see how that, that you won't have the power to live the Christian life. So 
uh, eventually you'll learn that you're totally helpless that it can't be you it's not you any longer it's not about you it's not about what you're doing it's about who you are and who are you you've got to stand in your being and not and and look away from your doing we're always looking at our doing what are we doing instead of looking at our doing stand in who our being is which is union with Christ and one with him when we do that we'll break that chain and of course we do it by faith and because what breaks the chain is that we we're, we've died to that old uh, husband's hold on us and the law of sin and death that he pulled us into through the fall and now we're um, and and the Bible says in Romans 7 and says so then in if while her husband liveth she is married to another she shall be called an adulteress but if her husband be dead you see that's the death burial that's the death that I died in Christ so the husband is I'm dead to the husband actually the 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 receiver of the human being doesn't die but I'm dead to my husband because he's out. I'm, I died to him in Christ, you see. She is freed from the law. That's the way you're free from the law. Death frees you from the law. So that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Okay, married to who? Now this is what it says. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law. And that's the point of this, dead to the law by the body of Christ and just what I've been teaching the blood of Christ cleanses us from our sins S-I-N-S the body of Christ uh, replaces the old nature with the new nature and the new marriage and, and the new union comes into being and, and causes me to be dead to that outer law dead to the law of sin and death and I'm also now alive to a new law, the law of spirit and life has set me free from the law of sin and death. And that happened at the cross. Jesus did that at the cross. This is the deepest meaning of the cross. And uh, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised. I always say the only antidote to being fallen, fallen to a fallen race is to be raised. Well, you can't raise yourself. So it has, you have to be, and what this says, who is raised from the dead. In your marriage, you're joined to him who is raised from the dead, that you should bring forth fruit unto God. And so that our fruit, which would be the outer manifested forms or the fruit of the spirit would be unto God and not be dead works. You see, that's what he's bringing out in Romans 7. And so Paul had to discover that because he had so much a confidence and dependency in himself and in, in, in the power within him to even believe right and do right and say right and, and, and be humble enough. You see, we're always trying to come up with something in ourselves in order to be right or some kind of method or some kind of agenda to be right. When, you know, our rightness is the fact that we're married to another, the one who has raised me from the law of sin and death and the law of sin and death is that, that the human being can do it apart from God. And the law of spirit and life in Christ Jesus that sets us free from the law of sin and death is that I'm married to Christ and he fulfills that law within, within me. And so, so this chart, chart 27, is, says dead to the law, exactly what I read. Now let me read it to you because you might be listening to me on radio. 
By the body death, we are dead to the law, not dead to self. That's important because the Bible says, I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live. Nevertheless, I live. So not dead to self. I, my problem is not the self. The problem is an independent self, is a false self thinking I'm independent from Christ. That's the, that's the lie. The outer law is bound to a person who lives, believes the illusion of an independent I alone. Where there is no independent self, there is nothing from which the outer law can demand obedience. You, as an independent self, are dead. That's what it means to, mean, to be dead in Christ. Colossians 3.3 3 says you are dead. That's what it means. A dead person cannot keep the law. The law may shout at us, but a dead person cannot respond to it. A dead person cannot perform it at all. He has no plans for the future, no regrets for the past, nothing to do in the present. He cannot do good deeds or be moral. He has no ability to fix himself, nor even the need to. You see that we have to come to the end of the hope that we can fix ourselves or fix other people or that other people can be fixed in any way apart from being raised in Christ. A dead man doesn't need improvement. A dead person doesn't have the strength to fight the devil. How about that? You see, if you know you're dead, you don't have to fight the devil. You just, your fight with the devil is just to stand in the truth of who you already are in Christ. A dead person doesn't need to recommit himself to God. So many people are going forth, forth every Sunday or every other Sunday to recommit themselves, recommit themselves. And that, that it, that's almost like a promise, I'll do better next time. Well, forget that. God doesn't want any more recommitment. He wants, he wants you dead. If you're dead, then you have no, no self-energies to do anything except to believe Christ and his life within you. And last of all, a dead person doesn't have any needs at all. You're not a needy self. If you're a needy self, I need you, I need you, I need, I need, I need, then you don't know you're dead. Well, the truth is you are dead. You better start saying it. And the Bible says it. You are dead and Christ is your life or our life, what it says in Colossians 3, 3 and 4. Now let's go right on to the next chart which is chart 28 and it is um, it says focus on the container cup our or our humanity I couldn't even say it myself okay okay our focus is now on the container remember the other cup of coffee I had on, on the previous chart well now the focus is not on the content the focus in Romans 6 is on the content now, through um, that's why Romans seven is in 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 between Romans six and Romans eight, is because now the focus is on the cup. What kind of cup are you? Are you a performing cup? Are you a performing container? Are you a performing temple or a performing branch? Well, that's what we think we are, and that's what's got to go. Okay, Romans six fifteen through. Romans 7.25 is focusing on the humanity, how I'm going to fu function 
as a human being. It's exactly what God did to Jesus after he told him his content was right because he was the son of God. He had to go into the wilderness and be tempted and torn apart by Satan to find out how to function as a human being, as a man, because that's what he was, the man Christ Jesus. And by the way, he said more times, I'm the son of man than he ever said he was the son of God. Now, let me read this chart to you as we move right along. The body death renders us dead to the law. A dead man can't keep the law, but a person who thinks that he is alive apart from Christ falsely believes that he is able to keep the law. Therefore, he should and ought to try. Man has no life of his own. Man is a mere container, temple, slave, wife, body, not an independent law keeper. That's what we've got to see. And if this is redundant, that's too bad. You need to hear it. The cup container has a deep deception in, in its consciousness. We, the cup, think that we are independent selves operating out of our own power source. The cup thinks that it is an independent God with a life of its own. The cup has a mind of separation and acts by self-effort as if it is a separate being. The cup is always striving to become but failing to be. The cross renders man dead to an independent satanic self, therefore dead to the law, which also wish, which always shouts at the powerless self, dead to the law. Now let's move right along to see what the, the depths of this problem that we have. And that's the next chart, which is chart 29. And uh, this chart says, how does sin get power over us? And that's the question. Then why do we sin? People will ask. Well, first John says, I write unto you so that you sin not. Okay, that's a big point. Uh, and now, first John is not saying it's impossible to sin like some people think it's saying. It's not because he said, if you do slip into sins, then you've got the blood cleanses you. But I write unto you so that you sin not. Well, how do we not sin? You know, one time I knew this woman that had a horrible sin problem. Really, if I told you what it was, you would, it, you would, it, it, you would gasp for air like I did. It took me a long time to really minister to her, basically, because I had to admit that maybe I had the possibility of doing the same thing. I couldn't be self-righteous if I was going to minister to her, like, I can't believe you did such a thing. But it was bad. And she said to me, but all I want to do is not sin. She said, but Sylvia, nobody could tell me not to sin. He said, she said, but you told me, and I did. I did minister to that woman. That woman was, the Holy Spirit set her free. And she was healed, her family was healed, the whole situation was healed. It was a total miracle, which we're so thankful for. It's like huge miracle. So we're so thankful for that. Okay, then how do we not sin? You see, most of the time, all that we're hearing is you're sinning every day. You sin, 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 sin. So we're more sin conscious than we are Christ conscious. So if we're more sin conscious, we're more conscious of, well, then I've got to rise up and do something about it. I've got to improve myself. I've got to be better. I've got to strive harder. I've got to, and then we end up being hypocrites because we hide most of the time what we do because we don't want anybody else to see it because we're trying so hard and we're, so we're putting up a big front when we're around all of our other Christian friends. That's what we're doing. So how do, how does we not, how does sin not have power over us? Well, there's good news. Satan gets his hold on us 
through the law. The more shoulds and oughts that you put upon yourself, the more Satan will have a hold on you because you're believing that he, that you can rise up and conquer yourself or improve yourself or keep yourself or do better next time. See, that's how sin gets power over us. So if we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we will see this wonderful verse, which I've always loved. It's the final victory over, um, this is actually the last part of chapter 15 is talking about our final glorification when our mortality will be swallowed up in immortality, the final form of our salvation, which is our bodily redemption. But then it says this, and I love this. It says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Where is the sting of death? And where is the grave? Or the sin, sin is the sting of death, of course. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of... This, this, this little part right here, just I love it. And the strength of our sinning is the law. The law. Wow, the law, the outer law is what stimulates sin in us. And it will as long as you think you're alive. It's meant to drive you to the place to see what God says, which is you are dead. Because like I say, a dead person cannot keep the law. So let me read this, um, this chart. How does sin get power over us? And then I say this, sin gets power on us through the law, gets a hold of us through the law. The strength of sin is the law. And that's 1 Corinthians 15, 56. As long as we see ourselves that is independent, separate from God, when the law shouts at us, in other words, when we hear, oh, I've got to do better and I've got, I ought to, I should. And we try to respond. We rise up as though we are not crucified with Christ and try to fulfill the law by self-effort. The more we try, the more we are bound up. Satan has tricked us into believing a lie, and then sin has, it, has its grip on us again. Around and around we go, caught in the trap of trying and failing as sin reigns in our humanity. Here it is, right here. The way out is to stand by faith seeing ourselves crucified with Christ. There is no independent me to respond to the law, for I am dead to the law. The, de the law doesn't die, I die. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Christ fulfills all the I shoulds and I oughts of the law and sets me free from the law of sin and death. The law of spirit and life have set me free from the law of sin and death. That's Romans 8. Wow. Now, some time ago, I did some uh, teachings with one of my friends, Therese Thurston. And uh, we did, actually, she came to my house one time, and she picked up that this little chart, and she was going through it. And she came to this very uh, chart, chart 29. And she says, wow, this is so great, wow. And I, and I got, it got her so excited. I said, come on, let's do some videoing. Let's do some programs. And so we did some great programs. And I think it's a great dialogue between the two of us about 
how uh, Satan gets a hold of us through the law. The more we think we can try to do good, uh, which is believing the lie. It's believing that the human created self is more than just a vessel. We've got to be reduced down to know that we're just a vessel. Well, nobody wants to know that. I say the hardest thing that you'll ever learn in your life is the fact that about your vesselhood because we've been brainwashed with the pride of self-sufficiency and uh, through the fall and so it's our minds that have to be transformed to the to be renewed to the truth that you're just a helpless expression of somebody else and you always have been and you're never just your own self well people say well that means that you're just a puppet well the bible says you're a slave to righteousness you were a slave to satan so uh, why not be a slave to christ and I say, once you know that you've surrendered all, see, most people don't want to believe that, that they have to surrender all to be uh, a nothing so that Christ can be the all. But when you do that, then the, what happens immediately is that you come alive as a, a real, right, wonderful, righteous self. And you'll surprise yourself, really, the Holy Spirit rises in you in such a way that you you will just surprise yourself and i always say it won't come without a battle there's always going to be a battle i mean when i started saying the truth about myself outwardly what i was expressing was total depression i sat in my closet beat my head on the wall hated myself cried out to god i i, I just want to die and the holy spirit said back to me oh but sylvia the problem is you don't know you're already dead so the things you're doing, that, that's not who you are. Stand in who you are. Stand in who I say you are and not who you think you are. So if you continually judge yourself about what you're doing, and I was just going crazy, you see. You see, I would always go back to, I hate myself, I hate myself, I want to die. But once my attention was taken off of what I was doing and how what I was manifesting, and I stood on the truth of who I really am. It took my attention away from the, uh, the doing and onto the being. See, we need to learn how to be instead of focusing on what we're doing all the time. We're not only focusing on what we're doing, but we're focusing on what everybody else is either not doing or doing too much of or not doing right by. You see, we're always focusing on the doing. Let's focus on the being of who God says we are. You truly are a born-again Christian. Your spirit is joined to Christ's spirit, and He is your life. And you, as an independent, alone self, a needy, alone self, is dead. That is not the truth about you. And so that you will forever draw from a new power source. Instead of drawing from a puny what we think is a power source of our own, really, it ends up being satanic because even the good works are filthy rags if they're not the spirit. So it, we're drawing from a satanic source whenever we're believing in an independent self. That's how Satan gets a hold of us. You have been listening to The Liberating Secret with Sylvia Pierce. We want to send a special thank you to all our supporters who make this program possible. If you have been blessed by this program and would like to contact Sylvia, you can write her at P.O. Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky, 
4023-4023. That's Post Office Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky, 4023. You can also find more of Sylvia's teachings on her website. The web address is www.theliberatingsecret.com. That's www.theliberatingsecret.com. And be sure to listen again right here Monday through Friday at the same time for The Liberating Secret with author and teacher Sylvia Pierce. So until next time, may God richly bless you.